Hey, what's up? Welcome to The Mandatory. I'm Chantel Chan, joined alongside none other than Brian Fonseca, not the guy from Australia, but the guy from Queens. <laughs> you have to watch the trailer to know that uh, that inside joke. We already, we're not even an episode in because this is not officially an episode and we already have inside jokes. So people need to need to get with the show or they'll be left behind. <laughs> I know, and I'm about to create a, a handle that says uh, it's Brian Fonseca, AUS, uh, just in case, <laughs> a burner account, just in case I want to say some shit that KD would say. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing. But we got a lot to get to on the show, and why don't we just get right into it, because it was a really big weekend in boxing. Brian, Amanda Serrano becomes undisputed for featherweight champion. What were your thoughts on this bout? And most importantly, we got to get to what's coming up next as well, because they announced after the fight, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. But first, I want to get your thoughts on what you kind of saw that night. Yeah, um, it was at Madison Square Garden Theater, one of my least favorite venues, as I told you about that I've been to. Um, good for a fan, but terrible event to cover an event. Um, I was not there in person. I will be at the next one uh, in New York City, though. I will say that. Great fight. Kind of what I expected. I think people slept on Erica Cruz coming in. I thought Amanda Serrano being minus 700 was kind of unfair as a favorite. Minus 700 was kind of unfair as a favorite just because, like, yeah, you know she's going to win, kind of. But, like, Erica Cruz is tough. And she had been on a roll winning 12 or 13-something fights straight before that. But at the end of five rounds, and we're halfway through... I thought Erica Cruz was actually winning the fight. <laughs> yeah. I had her up 3-2. I'm not sure how you scored it to that point. And then I thought Amanda Serrano just closed the show, winning all the rest of the rounds. I had a 97-93 for Amanda Serrano. I thought that once she figured out the timing, because Erica Cruz was kind of doing the same thing over and over, but it was a little unpredictable at the same time. Dipping her head high and low, being able to evade these inside shots. Throwing looping hooks over and over, you know, that Mexican style fighting that we all love. She's coming forward. And then once Amanda Serrano was able to get in between those shots and pick her apart, straight one-two combo like her trainer Jordan Maldonado asked for. Just one-two, keep it simple. And often when you keep it simple, that's how you win fights. One-two, one-two, over and over, added some movement. And I thought she was able to close the show and nearly dropped uh, Erica Cruz on a couple of occasions, Chantel. Yeah, and you know what? Erica Cruz is tough as hell, and I had her winning this fight as well for a little bit because Amanda Serrano, she took a lot of shots, man. She was getting hit from everywhere, and I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't a good look. At one point, I was nervous. I had it scored six rounds to four. That's how close I had this fight. And the thing about it is Amanda Serrano, she's getting older in age too, right? So as she's yeah. getting hit a lot, I'm like, okay, like is her age catching up to her at this point, right? which kind of makes sense, and that's why they're now going for another massive fight. This is the moneymaker. Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. I mean, I just want to give mad props to Erica Cruz, but this is the fight that we want to see, right? It's going to be in Ireland, which is interesting because how are the judges going to score that one? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the judges always tend to sway to the hometown favorite. That's what I don't want in this fight because initially, Brian, I'm going to keep it real with you. I thought Serrano won the first fight with these two. I did as well. I was surprised she didn't get the decision in New York City since we're talking about hometown favorites. But, you know, if you kind of go through Katie Taylor's career, which I'm about to do uh, once I pull up her box rec profile, Amanda Serrano, I thought, edged out the fight with Katie Taylor 96-94. 
Oh, it was very close. And I thought that yeah. there were a lot of people who are Katie Taylor fans on Twitter, just sort of like, oh, like how how could you people in America think that Amanda Serrano won the fight as if it was some crazy shit? Like, I think I, I kind of wish I kind of wish in hindsight that the fight was a draw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and, and I wonder, like, and I want to get to the Katie Taylor point you made in a second, but I want to ask you just first. Is there any part of you that's a little concerned that this rematch is going to happen in May? We're three and a half months out from that, and Amanda Serrano was just in a war with Erica Cruz. Well, that's the thing about it, right? I also think if Erica Cruz, because they had that accidental headbutt, so she had that big-ass mm -hmm. gash, right? I yeah. think if she didn't have that gash, that could have changed the trajectory of this fight, to be quite honest with you, because Erica Cruz was giving it to her. And you talk about the layoff in between the next big fight. I don't know if that's enough time for her to recover. She took a beating. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she was at one point, I'm like, yo, is she using her face for target practice? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like the body shots were coming too. So at this point, I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm a big Amanda Serrano fan. I like Katie Taylor as well. I do think Serrano won the first fight. I don't think she has enough time to, I guess, rest up before this next fight. If I'm going to be real with you. And I'm concerned about the judges. Like, I'm just going to keep it cool. <laughs> okay, people are going to hate me for this. But, like, as a boxing fan, I've, there's been so many robberies in broad daylight. You know what I mean? And I just want this to be a fair fight. I'm sure it will be. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be just like the first fight. And I think Katie Taylor is going to stick to that exact same game plan. Because if you remember in the first fight, Katie Taylor really picked it up later on in the fight, like she made those adjustments. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of people lean to her and that's kind of why she ended up getting that victory, but it was really close. And to answer your question, I don't think that's enough time for her to rest up. Katie Taylor last fall in October. So it will be six months, the perfect seven amount months, of time, seven months, actually in between fights. Yeah. Um, she beat Karen Carbajal unanimous decision. Wembley. That was a good fight. A blowout. Yeah. That was a blowout. Yeah. Uh, the Amanda Serrano decision was close. We already touched on that. That was last April. So a little over a year later, May 20th in Ireland. Don't know if it's going to be at Croke Park yet. And I kind of would like to see that because, one, Katie Taylor, shockingly, hasn't fought in Ireland despite being Irish yet. So the crowd is going to be outstanding. Like, whatever you saw when Conor McGregor fought in Ireland, it's going to be probably yeah. bigger than that because we're talking about maybe 80,000 people if, if it's in Croke Park, right? Um, the scoring issue that you that you brought up right uh delphine delphine pursuing katie taylor beat her a few years ago that was um a majority decision in madison square garden that i felt like yeah. could have easily been a draw one judge did see yeah. it that way two others had it 96 94 that was a few years ago um i thought natasha jonas had some moments against katie taylor that was scored unanimously for katie taylor 96 95 96 94 96 95 I remember thinking this could be a draw at 95-95. And this is something that I noted ahead of their fight the first time between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Is that Katie Taylor, like she loses some rounds. I yeah. think she's she's absolutely like she's undefeated, right? There's no question about that for me. That's not the point that I'm making here. But like, you know, the judging is going to be a factor in Ireland. And Amanda Serrano now having beaten Erica Cruz by decision. So now she's 44 and 2 and one, one draw, with 30 knockouts. She hasn't recorded a knockout in, it'll be two years in March. And we're getting to that point where it's like, you know, Manny Pacquiao stopped knocking yeah. guys out. Floyd Mayweather stopped knocking guys out, except for Conor McGregor. 
So <laughs> if Amanda Serrano is going to win in Ireland, do you feel like she has to knock out Katie Taylor? I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think it's going to be that far, right? Like I think yeah. she can. She can outbox Katie Taylor, maybe. But you know, are the judges going to see it that way? When you know how it is when you fight in your hometown, the crowd is going to be extra loud for the Katie yeah. Taylor shots, and it is what it is. I the thing about it is like I don't think she knocks her out. I'm sorry. I just I don't, don't think Serrano knocks out Katie Taylor. I don't think that happens. So, I mean, she has to outbox her in every round. And it has to be one of those things where you're like, yo, she's outboxing the shit out of her in that round. But Katie you know Taylor's I mean? too like, good, and you know that's not going to happen. No, exactly. So right. it'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a close fight, but this is the fight that we wanted to see, and it's going to be a moneymaker. So I'm definitely hyped for it. Now, we saw some more history get made as well on the weekend, Brian. Alicia Baumgartner, she is now undisputed at 130 pounds. What were your thoughts on this fight? And what's next for Alicia? Because she also mentioned Katie Taylor, you know, post-fight. What are your thoughts on what happened this weekend and Alicia's performance? You know, I wondered about that because with Alicia Baumgartner being a super featherweight and Amanda Serrano, one, having won titles in seven different weight classes, but also currently fighting a featherweight, her best weight. I was like, are they potentially setting up in case the Katie Taylor rematch doesn't go down? Baumgartner versus Serrano in like the spring or summer. Um, I feel like we're going to get Baumgartner versus Michaela Mayer too. Michaela Mayer has been stalking Alicia Baumgartner <laughs> ever since, ever since the split decision didn't go her way. And look, I think I had that fight in 96, 94. If you recall, we talked about it at the time, not on the show. Cause this wasn't the show yet, <laughs> but like it was yeah. 96, 94 for Alicia Baumgartner for me. But I think that it was close enough to where a rematch is absolutely warranted. And typically, you know, when you're the champion and you lose in very close fashion, I think a rematch is warranted. So I would like to see that happen again. And it would also make money, be a main event on maybe ESPN, maybe the zone, whatever. But I think that you can figure it out, the business there, and it will be very profitable for both women. And I would love to see that. As far as the fight I itself mean, for Alicia Bumgarner, real quick, though, just to get into this, right? Because uh, yeah. this, is, this will actually answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, Alicia Baumgartner is a star. I thought she had uh, a lot of excellent moments in that fight. There were a couple times where she kind of punched herself yeah. out, and I want to get your thoughts on this because I, you know, she went for the knockout, didn't get it, which is fine, but it could have been dangerous if she was in there with a the bigger punch or shots up. That's what I think. I think this was a very tough fight for Alicia because. Let's be serious here. I mean, we know that she has the power, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's obvious to us. Like, she has the power. But at the same time, like, the only thing that's questionable, and I think a lot of people were saying this, was, like, her conditioning. Because, like, yeah. she was throwing heavy bombs. And then you kind of saw her, like, slow down later in the fight. I mean, she dropped her opponent twice, right? Yeah. So we know that Alicia has got this power. But the only question is her conditioning throughout a whole entire fight, which is why... I do think that the Michaela Mayer fight, the rematch is going to be the moneymaker, right? Why not go for that fight? I think that one is the one where Alicia, and at the same time, yeah, put it on the co-main. Put it on the co-main for Serato Katie Taylor, right? Sure. That's what we wanted. Yeah. That's happened for the first one. So let's see it for the second one as well. But I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I think Alicia Baumgartner can compete at like 147 if she wanted to, right? McCaskill's mm -hmm. undisputed at 147, is she not? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. I think she beats McCaskill. 
I think she beats McCaskill. I'm <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just saying her power. People listening, the face no, I just her, made. <laughs> no, I, I think her power is going to translate, right? She, she's got skill. She's got a good jab. My only question for her is, is she going to be able to keep up that conditioning? Because Jessica McCaskill, too, she gets hit a lot. Like, she takes yeah, a like, lot of hits, right? Even before that, if we can, if we can like, fantasy book this, as people say in yeah. wrestling. And you have, let's say Katie Taylor beats Amanda Serrano in May, which as a New Yorican, I'm not necessarily uh, rooting for because <laughs> Amanda Serrano means a lot to my people, both in New York and Puerto Rico. But that's going to be the favorite. Like if we had to set the odds, I think I think Katie Taylor is going to be a less than two to one favorite, but like minus 180, something like that. Right. And if she wins that and let's say Alicia Baumgartner rematches with Michaela Mayer in like June. And she wins that. And then you have the two winners fight each other in November or something along those lines, October, whatever the case may be. I worry about the conditioning factor just because Katie Taylor is somebody who, like, she is going to just box the entire way. She's not easy to hit unless you're a supreme pressure fighter like Amanda Serrano. And I think Alicia Baumgartner will find her. But I also think Katie Taylor is excellent at finding those openings to counter. And stylistically I'm, I wonder about how that hypothetical would go well here's the thing I don't think she like walks through Katie Taylor I'm not saying that she is gonna beat Katie Taylor you know what I mean that's gonna be a tough ass fight I wouldn't but favor I, her I, but I, I give her yeah. a chance for sure I would for sure give her a chance all I'm yeah. saying is that I think Alicia Baumgartner's power can translate through different weight classes so I think it's going to translate to 135. I think she could even fight at 147 if I'm going to be real with you. Now, the thing about it is Michaela Mayer's moved up to 135, if I'm not mistaken. So when they do the rematch, is Michaela Mayer going to move back down to 130? Or is Alicia Baumgartner going to fight at 135? Right? Is she going to move up if- to fight at 135? Because the thing about it is we already know Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano is going to fight. So the winner of that would be probably the winner of Alicia Baumgartner and Michaela uh, Mayer too, right? Um, but it depends what sense. weight class they're going to fight at. Yeah, and let's keep it let's keep it real again because Amanda Serrano said her natural weight class is like, what, 126? And that's the most comfortable that she likes fighting at. So that was another thing, like the weight class that they were fighting at when she fought Katie Taylor the first time, right? So I think the weight class thing is going to be real important. Um, but – I'm interested in seeing, like, I'll let you answer because I'm, like, rambling right now. But do you <laughs> think that fight is held – is that fight held at 135, Alicia Baumgartner and Michaela Mayer? Because Mayer just moved up. If I'm Alicia Baumgartner and I'm the champ, and if I'm going to defend these titles, then, yeah, it has to be at 130. Like, if Michaela Mayer wants the titles, then, yeah, you have to drop back down. It's kind of how it goes. And I would say that that'd be better that way because you want to see it for Undisputed. You want to see the rematch at 130 for the Undisputed title. And then the winner can move up to fight Katie Taylor or Amanda Serrano if she were to beat Katie yeah. Taylor at lightweight, right? I, I think that's the way like that should go. Don't do the <laughs> the rumored Arrow Spence Keith Thurman like we're gonna fight potentially at one fifty four, which I guess for now is still a rumor, right? It's not official yeah. yet. Uh, even though Arrow Spence has three welterweight titles, let's move up and do this at one fifty four. You know, I I don't want that to happen. I want like put the titles on the line. You know what I mean? I'm still somebody who, like, I care about championships, uh, at least in some regard, right? Even though the sanctioning bodies can be a little bit questionable, <laughs> for lack of a better, or for to put it nicely, in terms of how uh, they operate. Um, speaking of, we should probably get into the 
future portion of this because we were talking about the past and sort of what's yeah. to come. But a fight just got announced in the UK. Anthony Joshua. <laughs> I like how you're saying that. Top boy. <laughs> UK. <laughs> we're watching too much Top Boy. UK. Uh, Anthony. Uh, shout out to everybody in the UK. I hope to be there next year. Actually, planning a trip. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Anthony Joshua is reportedly coming back, and it's been made official actually against yeah. Jermaine Franklin, which has been rumored, which I think is perfect. Anthony Joshua, Jermaine Franklin, April first in London, and more specifically at the O2 Arena. Eddie Hearn is obviously promoting this one matchroom boxing. It's going to be on the zone. Uh, apparently not pay-per-view, at least in the UK. I think that still may or may not be like a thing. But Jermaine Franklin, for people who don't know, heavyweight, obviously, who in his last fight fought Dylan White in November at Wembley Arena, lost a majority decision. I thought, and a lot of other people thought in tweeting the fight, this very easily could have been a draw. And perhaps it could have been in the States. And, yeah. and what the Anthony Joshua roadmap, Chantel, seems to be Jermaine Franklin, the Dylan White rematch, and then at the end of the year, you know, supposedly Fury or Wilder or Usyk, one of the big boys at heavyweight. Yeah. What do you think um, about this matchup? And then, you know, I guess the Anthony Joshua roadmap, since I just brought it up. Well, yeah, I mean, let's go back to, you know, Jermaine Franklin uh, took that L against White and that was a really, really close fight. But I was really happy for White because, <laughs> right, <laughs> people love that. I, I had no idea that he was going to win. I took Franklin to win that fight. So, I mean, that's props to uh, Dylan White. But, I mean, Anthony Joshua, he has to win this fight. And I think has he has to, to do it in style. Yep. He, yeah, because, listen, people are questioning anthony joshua in being a top five heavyweight at times Myself right he included. takes two yeah. l yeah i know you're not a big aj fan but at the same <laughs> time aj's got power and the thing is he brings out the casual viewers as well yeah right people know anthony joshua he's a guy that you have to watch on pay-per-view television because he just brings out you know the superstars he brings out the casual boxing fans and the thing about it is you take two l's against Usyk, and you're just like is Anthony Joshua like it was was there hype on him because he also lost to Andy Ruiz of course he avenged him but at this point Anthony Joshua has to win he has to win in style right because I don't know if he's gonna come with I'm gonna try to outbox Jermaine Franklin not nah, AJ you have to knock <laughs> him out that's what we want to see that's what we want to see then you have to knock out white and then Maybe we'll get Fury, right? Because I think a lot of people do want to see him against Fury because that was a fight that was all over social media and we thought we were getting it and we didn't get it. But I think if he fights Fury, I think if he fights Deontay Wilder, I think those are both L's for Anthony Joshua. So he has to knock out Jermaine Franklin. Yeah. He has to knock him out because at this point, people are questioning him. What about you? What are you thinking about this one? So Jermaine Franklin, I think, is going to be underrated going into this fight. I actually thought that he could have beaten Dylan White, and I actually yeah. put a couple dollars on him because he was plus 680 or something that I found him at. Uh, and look, he got the majority decision. It was, it was close, right? I thought it should have been a draw. But <clears throat> I think for AJ, the reason why I say this is the perfect comeback fight is because, and we just saw Deontay Wilder come back against Robert Hellenius. We've seen... Tyson Fury come back against lesser competition, whatever the case may be. To me, this is not that. Jermaine Franklin, I think, is one win away from getting a title shot. This being it. 
he wins this fight in upset fashion, which I believe he's capable of. I wouldn't favor that. Yeah. I would still bet on Anthony Joshua when we get to like the actual betting component of this later on before April 1st. I think that there's real value in, as you said, with Anthony Joshua, just straight up knocking Jermaine Franklin out. Because if you're going to fight Dylan White next, which has been you know rumored and apparently in the works according to Eddie Hearn, uh, as far of, as part of a longer term vision for Anthony Joshua's 2023, knocking out the guy that Dylan White went to distance with and barely beat—that's making a statement. And yeah. at this point of Anthony Joshua's career, he is somebody who absolutely needs to make a statement because you can't be out here. If he loses his fight, he's 24 and four, and people are going to look at that and be like, "What? That dude is supposed to be like whatever." He's 33, also. So sneaky, yeah. like getting a little bit up there because remember, he had a decorated amateur career before turning pro. And I just think that, yeah, he absolutely needs to make a statement as much as anybody else in that heavyweight division right now. Because Deontay Wilder got his first round knockout. And if Reese just beat Luis Ortiz, hopefully they fight each other uh, at some point soon because that's been rumored as well. That's the and, fight I want to see, to be honest with you. Yeah, I want to yeah. see Wilder versus Ruiz. I was saying last year you could make, like, le- legitimately a heavyweight tournament. Like, there, there's yeah. a – they would never do this because of promotional issues and things like that. We can actually – and this is something we could do on the show. Shit, I'll probably bring this concept to one of the episodes coming up. We could do, like, a world boxing super series of heavyweights. But promotionally, yeah. that would just never happen. This would never happen. It, they would not agree. It's, bo- it's, it's boxing, and we know that would never happen. <laughs> Um, but you know, just to kind of preview the fight real quick, if you just had to pick at the top of your dome, does Anthony Joshua knock out Franklin? I kind of lean like Franklin's tough. Uh, yeah, it depends. Like Anthony Joshua has to have a really good training camp. Supposedly he's training with Derek James now, right? Yeah, like, that's something that's been going on. Derek James, who trains, I mean, <laughs> people were people Listen. were giving him trainer of the year last year. You know what I mean? Working yeah. with uh, Errol Spence, Charlo Twins, and well, we haven't seen the Charlotte twins in a minute, but <laughs> we will. You know, well, we'll see them soon. But hopefully, I mean, if he's trading with Derek James and you know he's going to come with something different in his arsenal. So I'm excited to see that version of Anthony Joshua. By the way, you can always drop some comments on YouTube. Let us know. Hit us up on our social media channels and let us know who you think is going to win this fight. And if you think we're going to get that Anthony Joshua that we're used to seeing with those heavy hands. That's it for the mandatory. Make sure to follow us on our social media channels. It's at the mandatory TKO. And make sure to also hit that like and subscribe button as well because it helps the channel grow. And if you got a couple of minutes, Yeah, make sure you leave a rate and review wherever you find your podcast. But that's it for today. We're signing out. Thank you so much for rocking with us and enjoy the fights this weekend.